The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Uh, live at Betty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive, over 150 new and used vehicles for you to choose from that are in stock. Never pay over MSRP for new vehicles here. Betty Chevrolet will trade for anything and will buy your vehicle just outright. Hey, bring it in. Walk away with the check. Lifetime warranty on most new and pre-owned vehicles. BettyChevrolet.com. Let's get to the phones. Back to the phones. The Iris Network's hotline. 90 days, no payment for business internet. Let's get to uh, Nathan. Nathan, good morning. Hey, morning. How y'all doing, boys? Man, good, man. It's a great, great, great morning to be a Tennessee Vol. It is. And, you know, I don't know if – I think this gets lost on a lot of us, especially guys that are in their early to mid-40s like me um, that lived with so much success so long at Tennessee. You know, basically from the time I was, you know, 10, 12 years old until, you know, my my 30s. But this is the first time that I have had a fun football season in 13 years. Lane Kiffin's year was fun. Outside of that, we've either not met expectations you know, lost games that we were in, we could have, should have won. Um, all of those different kind of heartbreaking moments that we, you know, had those shots at the goal line didn't make things happen. We're doing some things and winning some games that in the last 13 years we would have just lost. And, and that's just so much fun. And I, I hope people just realize and, and really think about where, you know, we, were projected going into this season how, I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, had us down for being another maybe five-win type football team in our, you know. It's just, man, it's a lot of fun. I hope everybody really just sits back and enjoys the rest of the season and just really soaks it up. Absolutely. I mentioned this last week that the the fun that this fan base is having it's weird, right? Because like Tennessee baseball went on this crazy run last year, went to the College, Four, College World Series. Uh, a couple of years ago, Tennessee basketball was number one in the country and made a championship run. And, you know, that was fun. This year, we are one game above 500 and we having fun. Like, this yeah. team is fun to watch, this team is easy to like. That's what's, yeah, that's I mean, what's really, really, really unique. It's just really, like I said, I'm just really just trying to enjoy every bit of it. You know, as far as, um, you know, the defensive go- the defense goes, and I know there's been you know, some questions about that. Obviously, people are putting some points on us and things are happening there. But when he when, when we do get the opportunity to get our guys in there and build our depth up, you know, hopefully we have linebackers that are designed for this scheme that can, you know, do what needs to be done a defensive line has enough rotation to be able to, 
really make an impact and our guys not be so tired on every single play. But you know, that, that long, that, that, uh, person 24 that they got, they kind of bailed themselves out on and we helped them out. I, I looked at it. I thought maybe that it was just going to be because, you know, the offense has such a advantage at that point in the game when our guys are so tired reading and reacting. Uh, that maybe, you know, the guy just made a play, but I, I don't know if we were just out of position on that or what. Um, but I think some of that does have to come into it at that point in the game. You know, the offense, their offense just has such an advantage because the defense is trying to react to them and they're so tired at that point. So thanks, guys. Just, let's listen to you from there. Hey, thank you so much for the phone call. Uh, really good points by by you. Yeah, it's just – It's just weird. That's good. It's a good weird. But usually when you're having fun, you would look at the results and you would be winning a lot more. But this is this is this is a team that is playing their butts off, playing their hearts out, and getting more with less. Jeffy Dean says, "How you not have fun year with with while Dobbs was here?" Well, I think what Nathan's trying to say is. We were losing games that we shouldn't have lost. Like 14, 14 wasn't fun as a season. At the beginning of the season, we were getting our heads beat in. It was an embarrassing loss on the road to Ole Miss. I mean, and you had all the, the, you know, the corniness from the coach, and you were losing. And we understood you were going to take some lumps in his second season. But that wasn't, that wasn't fun. Now, the South Carolina game, when Dobbs came in, it got fun then. But that was – more than halfway um, through the season. And then in 15, 15 wasn't fun. 15 wasn't fun losing the way we were losing to teams that we were better than and doing less with more. 16, the early season game against Appy State, you were like, oh, this is how we're going to come out and play? Really? First game of the season and we look like we don't want to be here? A nail buyer to Appy State? So that wasn't that wasn't fun. Now, the Battle of Bristol was fun. That was fun because that was a beatdown, and Tennessee was part of history. Hail Mary but, was fun. Beating Florida was fun. That team, the the Dobbs teams had had moments, and it's all based off of preseason expectations, right? Like if yeah, yeah, man, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like there was moments, there were moments in that in that season, but during that season, we we watched this, that team and knew that they were. Doing less with more, so yeah, you beat Florida. Um, yes, you 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 had the win total at nine, but you still were frustrated that the coaching staff didn't not get more out of the the players that they, that we had. This coaching staff, we see, and we've seen it from game one, that the coaches are getting more than what they have. And these players are playing their butts off. That's the difference for me. I understand where Nathan's coming from. I do understand how fun it was to watch Josh Dobbs do his thing. And it wasn't like he was selfish. It wasn't like he was, you know, the issue because he wasn't. He was the reason why Tennessee had a chance to win every game, you know, that we played in 15 and 16, to be honest. But I understand where Nathan's coming from. I understand completely. Um... 865 uh, 200 Craig is next. Craig, good morning. 
Craig dropped off, so Craig, give oh. us a call back if if need be. Okay, cool. Uh, D. Cody says, I want to put a pu- public service announcement up. Can we call a prevent defense on fourth and long? No. Nah, I don't think you want to do that. Well, they did call a prevent yeah. defense. They had <laughs> and, and, four or five guys at the at the sticks, at the marker, and that that's what allowed the – I yeah. guess it was the running back to be wide open out of the backfield yeah. on the wheel route. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. The prevent is what guy's in trouble. Um, so, Dave Tonham made a comment earlier about Walter Nolan, and Walter Nolan did commit to Texas A&M. Guys – the recruitment is not over. It's not over. It, to me, it means nothing until he signs. This recruitment has been, for me, it's been annoying, to be honest. But it has been a up and down. Turn field ride that will finish once it's signing day. There's a lot of things that I personally don't prefer from that recruiting, that recruitment. But I'm different, right? He's still a good player. Tennessee should still want him. People are going to say, oh, he's from Knoxville. He ain't from Knoxville. He lives in Knoxville. He just moved to Knoxville a couple months ago. From from Memphis, so this is not like T. Higgins and Amari Rogers and when K. left. I mean, those guys lived here all their lives and grew up as Tennessee fan. Walter Nolan just came here and went to Powell, and you know you would think that like Tennessee put it all together. Tennessee didn't. He just they just did it, and just put this pressure on Tennessee that you got to go get this dude because he's right here in Knoxville. When Tennessee didn't even have a shot. Months ago, when he was living in Memphis, so I take his commitment to Texas A&M with a grain of salt. Yes, we'll see if he signs when signing day. I'll just say that. And move on. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm with you there. I am. I am with you there. Uh, and Colin Brown asks about Dallin Hayden and getting Dallin Hayden in the boat. I don't see that one happening. So maybe something um, changes. But as of today, I don't see that one happening. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some guys that Tennessee like at running back. Dallin is one of them. Dallin's not the only one. Um, so, anything can happen. I'll say that. But. I know they they really like the the running back that is coming in uh, this weekend. That is committed to West Virginia, Justin Williams, uh, who is mm-hmm. from East Paulding High School in. Uh, Dallas, Georgia. He is a a bigger back, and, and Tennessee is is really uh, set on 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 trying to bring in a, a bigger back this cycle. In addition to Dylan Sampson, who is the speedster out of Louisiana, uh, that is committed. So Tennessee really likes Justin Williams and is trying to get him in the boat. And there's some ties there. He's really good friends uh, with Miles Campbell. Tennessee's Mm -hmm. freshman tight end, also friends with Addison Nichols and and Mo Clipper, who are two offensive linemen committed to Tennessee. Uh, So he'll he'll be here 
this weekend for the Georgia game. Jerry Mack offered him uh, October 29th, a couple of days before Halloween, uh, when Jerry Mack stopped by his by his school. So uh, he he's a guy that took an official to Nebraska, West Virginia, Louisville in June before he announced his commitment. And uh, as I said, he'll be here this weekend. Yeah, Dallin is good. He's really good. He's committed to Ohio State. That doesn't mean that Tennessee would be like, devastated if they can't get Dallin. There's other guys on the board that they like too, um, and Dallin is also you know he's a good player. So like I'm trying to like I'm trying to answer y'all's question without making it seem like that Tennessee don't want Dallin and like Dallin is just. The, you know, don't like Tennessee. I mean, there's, there's, he likes Tennessee, but he's committed to Ohio State right now, and there's a lot of moving parts that have to happen for him to be, to be evolved. And I don't know if it's going to happen or not. So that's the best I can answer. All right. Yep. <laughs> Jeffrey Morris says, uh, important question: How were those um, cookies that Lante Taylor? Got the interception. Delicious. And everyone got free cookies. My wife actually went to the place on Friday, and so we had some already in the house. So we didn't even get any free cookies. Don't don't need them anyways. But free cookies taste differently than paid-for cookies. Oh, that's true. Especially when they have Vince Morrow's tears soaked in them. Oh, yeah. They use use his tears for the batter. That's for sure. Oh, they they did. Golly, man. Alante Taylor called his shot, said, we don't lose to Kentucky. The Kentucky coach tweets out, quote tweets your tweet from the press conference and says that's why we play the game. And I was a little nervous for Alante, man. I was nervous for him because mm-hmm. he had to perform. And he did. Pick six, that was a difference in the football game. Man, he called his shot. He said it with his chest. And then he delivered. That is big time. Man, happy for Alanta. And then the shimmy, woohoo! The shimmy was 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 Chad Johnson worthy. That was that was a great. <laughs> and Alanta said, "Let me and my brothers keep the shimmy and going, with all due respect." Man, I like that. That was that was good right there. All right, uh, let's go back to the phones. We got a court involved, and then we got to hit a break, and then we'll come back with Middle Tennessee Rick and Tremel. Right, let's do it. I'll make it quick and snappy as I can. Uh, Wayne, I like what you were doing there about the, having compassion for Kentucky fans over the show, but uh, I have no compassion for them because I have a family full of them, and uh, I hope that they uh, choke on this one for a little bit because it feels good to get them right there to the precipice of thinking that they're going to start riding around in our old car and you know drinking our old drink thinking they're really something, and we just kick the table out from underneath them. Like, no, you don't. Sit down. We're still your daddy. Just sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I want to make a quick uh, recruiting comment. Uh, I get uh, a lot of my buddies, they talk me on that because I really, really, really really pay uh, a lot of close attention to what's going on. And and, and people don't want to hear this phrase, and I know that uh, AP says it a lot, but, you know, recruiting is very fluid. Stuff's forever changing. It's constantly changing. 
you're not on top of it all the time, especially as a coach, look at Dan Mullen. It will get out away from you, and things change literally by the day. I, myself, I'll have to see it to believe it with Walter, to, to quote Hubs, but I just don't think that one's over. I don't. I think we're going to swing at literally any 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 big name, any big prospect. We're going to start swinging because now we have momentum. We're winning games. We're having fun. We're putting up points on the board. Guys are getting coached up. Guys are having fun. The culture is good. I mean, the birds are chirping. The sun's shining. Man, it's just great to be a Tennessee ball this morning. I'll let you guys get to break. I appreciate the show. I love y'all. See you. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I mean. Yeah, I, I, I want Tennessee to, to to bring in, you know, a Dallas Hayden. You know, I want a Hayden to be rocking the Tennessee orange. I want that. I want the four stars and the five stars. I want that. I want all that. Um, but I want Tennessee to go out and get players that that are going to play well in this system, championship level players, and it doesn't have to be a legacy. It's ideal, but. Just, just go give me some dudes. That's all I care about. Go give me some dudes. Go give me some players. That's what I'm in for. Just give me the players. Just go get better. 865-255-03. We'll take a quick timeout. Live at Bay Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Stay with us. Be right back. While the other guys are taking guesses, the Swain event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 to 10, right here. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup 
Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. Hey there, Swain Event listeners. I'm excited to share my new Keller Williams Realty app so you can tour homes without leaving yours. Not only can you search for homes in specific areas and neighborhoods, you can also have access to real-time market snapshots on stats like average home price and days on market, plus commute times from your office, school zones, and much more. Download my app today and get the most accurate information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in your area. Just search for the Keller Williams Realty app and click on more in the lower right-hand corner. Type in Jennifer Morris in the Your Agent search bar, then save and you're set. And as always, feel free to reach out at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Yo. It's Red Plastic Cop with some big news for you movie-making, content-creating video superstars. Show your mad skills. And create a video of why it's so important to keep Tennessee litter-free. It's the TSSAA No Trash November Student Video Contest. Sponsored by Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Go to nobodytrashestennessee.com slash TSSAA for details. High school and middle school students can submit their video and receive scholarships and prizes provided by TSSAA. Word, peace out. Is that still a thing? Am I being too cool for the school kids? Just asking. You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Swain event, swainevent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Jason Swain, Ben McKee, I'm live here at Betty Chevrolet. Parkside Drive. Hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful morning. Let's go back to the phones this morning. Looks like we have Middle Tennessee Rick and then Tramel. Rick, good morning. We got you. We got you there, Rick. We should. Hey, Rick. Rick, you still there? Going once. Going twice. Rick. Rick. I'll mute your phone. Rick. Rick, where let's, you at? Uh, let's, let's give Tramel a try. All right, let's get Tramel. Tramel, good morning. Yo. What's up, Tramel? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Wonderful, man. We're wonderful. Having a good time today. Big orange win. Yeah, man. Had a great weekend, boy. Ooh. Hope <laughs> my team went ham. Beautiful. Especially last night. I went ham, smacked them ram. Woo. Man, it was a great weekend. Uh, but for the balls, man, uh, 
Hey, I told you they came around. Got the little W. Uh, what I was scared about did happen. They schemed us right with that with that big offensive line. Uh, you know, um, I'm I'm not really worried, man. I mean, Tim Banks been been pitching a hell of a game this whole season, man. If he got one bad game and the offense carries, I, it is what it is, man. Uh, I as far as the recruiting goes. As far as the recruiting goes, man, they just need some other options. Uh, you know, like, just get some more guys in here, man. Like, uh, I know we want Walter Nolan, but uh, we can get two cats in here that, you know, ballers that can, you know, rotate in and out and can do some of the things he can do. You know what I mean? Yes, we, we, we need a player like that. But, it, uh, you know, like I said, if they get some options in here, man, with the coaching, these, like you were saying before, Ben, these guys can coach, man. Um and I know we've said this before, but you can kind of see it. Like, it, it's not a big moment for them any time, you know. Um, and he's seen Piper seem so chill on the sideline, too. It's just like, you know, you see on, on, on most of these coaches, especially Stoops, you know, they look on the sideline, they look panicky and whatever, whatnot. You really don't see Hyper like that, man. He, he look like he's like, <laughs> like he about to be behind the, behind the center, about to take a snap almost. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. He just kind of got that mentality. Uh... I just can't wait for these guys get some get some other uh, get some other uh, guys in here, man, to kind of help along. And if we get just have some other options to go to, uh, I, I think we're gonna be all right, man, uh, for the long haul, man. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for the rest of the season. Um, and uh, like they were saying, those times, uh, like he was saying, I, I agree with him because those times when you know against uh, those Dobbs years, man, those were stressful years. Like we went in those games not knowing that we was gonna win, even though we were favoring it. You know, in those games and stuff like that, man. So I can relate to that, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I am, I'm having a lot of fun this year, man. Even in that game when it was just kind of going back and forth, when the defense was giving up all them points, I was having fun through that whole game. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was just fun, man. And I can't wait to see what the future brings, man. Uh, go big going. I hope everybody enjoy their Monday. Hey, thank you, thank you, Tremel. Appreciate appreciate your phone call there. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Um, let's let's try to get Rick in here. Rick, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, good, hey, Rick. Good morning. I don't know what happened a while ago, but I, somehow we got lost. But uh, hey, I just uh, read something. I don't know. You guys may have already re- talked about, it, but uh, I just saw where Florida fired their uh, defensive coordinator and their offensive line coach. Yes, sir. Yeah, we were getting to that around the SEC's coming up. I'm sorry, didn't want to bust no, y'all. But. No, it's, it's okay. You can bring it up anytime you want to. <laughs> I, just, I just saw it, man, and just started listening to you just about 30 minutes ago. Didn't know. Uh, a couple of points I wanted to make was defensively, that's what I expected before the season started. Exactly. Me too. You know, I, I, that was my biggest concern, and they've surprised me all year long. Yes, we'd give up a lot of up-the-middle quarterback runs, but that's what I expected up before the season started. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, when I was sitting there watching the game, I told my wife, I'm not used to this. I said, we're scoring at will. So I'm not as nervous because I know when we get the ball, we can score. We, you know, we might not can stop them, but it worked out. We, you know, we got the dub, and that's the thing. That's what matters, right? Yeah, I, I was impressed. I'm impressed with our coaching staff. And, and did you, you know if you guys saw where – at the end of the game, well, at the end of the game, you have Martinez and and Heupel hugged, and you could tell it was sincere that they were really, you know, 
I guess he was happy for Heifel getting that, that first big win on the road like that in SEC. For sure. For sure. I'm just glad that he didn't fall to a knee like Butch Jones did against Georgia. Um, that he's, you know, he's happy, but don't, don't show that you're too happy because we got bigger teams and more important teams and bigger programs to beat moving forward. But enjoy the win. It was a good win against a ranked opponent. And we said it before the season that, that this would be Tennessee's opportunity to get a, a signature win. As much as people didn't want to, you know, admit it because it was Kentucky, Kentucky was going to be a ranked team. Kentucky was going to be a team that on paper was better than Tennessee. We look at depth and how they've, you know, been able to retain players. Um, they were going to be a better football team on paper. It just worked out that this week, or excuse me, last week, when we played the game, that Tennessee was playing better than, than Kentucky. Uh, and so this is a big-time win for Josh Heupel. Bush Jones had a signature win in his first year against South Carolina, and now Josh Heupel is able to have a, a signature win his first year versus ranked opponent that he can use to recruit and sell momentum being built. Momentum, momentum, momentum is being built. And so that is that is very, very important uh, as he's trying to maneuver and navigate in his first year of of recruiting. I mean, this is this is this is why coaches don't understand how coaching in the SEC is 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 a different animal. Because it's the recruiting that you have to do three hundred and sixty five days a week, uh twenty four hours a day you always have to be recruiting, and that's the challenge for some of these coaches. So getting that momentum only helps you, only helps you. So thank you so much for for the, for the phone call there. Really, really appreciate you calling in. Uh, Rick, I don't know what happened. I don't know what, why we wasn't able to hear you the first time, but glad we were able to hear you the second time. It worked out. Uh, ben, who else do we have here? Let me check. Let me check. We got a, we go. Oh, we got Neil Mafia. Neil yes, Mafia, sir. good morning. Morning, guys. Good morning. Swain, I was proud to be a coal miner's daughter. Got my cheeks clapped by hand and hooker in butcher holler. Mama got tweaked each night, crushing oxy by the coal oil line. And losing would start all over when ball hoops came in. Man, I have been, they just don't have words for how much I hate Kentucky. It's just like, it's like, it ain't even healthy how much I was, I was, I was, the only thing that got me through it was I was listening to your Volcast, and it it was great to see somebody suffering and struggling and celebrating as much as I was. Swain, that was some entertaining TV. Well, I appreciate it, man. That's not, that's. That's not how I like to watch the football game, man. I like to watch the football game and just and just chill and rewind and rewind. I don't like watching the game like that. But man, when you're watching with your with your boys, with your friends, um, who are also you know VFLs and got skin in the game, you know, hey, that's what you see. That's what happened. So now nah, it was fun, and I'm glad you got a chance to see it, man. It was funny because Wade was about a half play behind us, and so he would re- he would react after we reacted. Uh, and that oh, was I hilarious. could tell. I could tell because you done you done started yelling cookies and just completely abandoned your chair and was gone completely out of camera and Wade looking around like wait what 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 a miss what a miss <laughs> cookies 
Cookies. Quick, just to follow up on the game. Uh, do you think, okay, number one, Kentucky has a pretty good running back. And they do have a really good wide receiver. And they really do have a good offensive line. If you've got those three things, you know, you're, you're, you're going to stay competitive uh, in a lot of games doing exactly what they did. You know, the time of possession was one of the greatest misnomers in history, you know, in this particular yeah. game. But the thing is, it was, it's, it's, it was just the third down conversions. And what I wanted to ask you for Kentucky, and what I wanted to ask you is, sometimes you just have a hot streak. And sometimes you kind of play a little bit above your head. And I think Kentucky is like 14 out of 17 on third down. Some of that's luck. You just don't do that. And you just don't do it usually. And you particularly just don't do it against the defense that up until now had done fairly well. So I wanted to ask you, do you think it was more a case of, you know, everything did come together and Kentucky just had a great night and slightly played above their heads on third down? Or if you noticed a couple of, you know, like, like schematic things uh, that, you know, that could have been done different. Because, you know, let's be honest, we were going to score all night at will. And if we get a couple, just a couple of third down stops, particularly in the first half, man, that game's out of reach. I mean, them being able to convert on third down all night was the only thing that kept them in that game. So do you think it was just they were on a little bit of a hot streak or it was something schematic? Or a little bit of both. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you, thank you, Neil Mafia. Appreciate your phone call. I mean, Kentucky, Kentucky did what most teams have done against us on third down. I mean, they they're successful. So I don't. I mean, I got to give Kentucky credit. You know, it's about matchups, guys. We saw last week when Kentucky played Mississippi State, and you know, you you look at a ranked Kentucky team, look at Mississippi State, and you would think that, oh, okay, well, Kentucky should win this game. Well, matchup-wise, Mississippi State just took advantage of Kentucky's weaknesses and exploited Kentucky. And then Kentucky had a week to adjust. Also, we presented some different challenges for them, and they presented some different challenges for us. So their offensive line is good. Right, one of the best offensive linemen groups that we played this season. I think people are really forgetting that, Ben. I think people are counting that out. Yes, we play Alabama, and 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 yes, you know, you play against Florida. But Kentucky's front is better than 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 Florida's, and we saw that where they were able to run the football and get ahead of the sticks and have manageable third downs, and it made it really simple for those guys to convert those, and then. They were balanced on offense, running the football with the running back, with the quarterback, um, and it created some lanes, some throwing lanes on play action. So, yeah, man, I got to give Kentucky credit. But Tennessee has always – I mean, we've been a team this year that we've just struggled getting off the field on third down. And like Tennessee Rick said, this was a defense that I expected to see all season, to be honest. And so you got to give some, some, some credit to Tim Banks and company that – They've played kind of the way that they have this season, and I think they're—I think they were a victim of their own success. Their own success. We expected to see the defense that were playing over their head, when really this was a defense that we thought we were going to see all along. 
no excuse for it, and you certainly don't want to play like that again when you play, you know, these next three games. But you have to put things in perspective. You kind of have to dial it back emotionally and kind of look at for things that, uh, for what it is, and that's what it is. Um, ben, anything, anything to add there from Neil and Mafia's phone call? No, I, I agree with you, and I believe I said this during halftime of the Volcast. I, I believe you asked me. I, I know I talked about it on our little mini post-game pod that we do over at, at VolQuest, and I, I feel like I'll somewhat be on an island by myself on this take, and I'm fine with that. But Kentucky's offensive front is better than Tennessee's defensive front. And yeah. I was with Tremel in the sense of that was the one thing that worried me about this football game is Kentucky's offensive linemen getting their paws on Tennessee and yep. Tennessee tackling was a concern for me going in because I know Chris Rodriguez is a hard, hard guy to tackle. And I know Cavassier spoke is, is capable of, of breaking off some runs as well. I, I tried to, to preach to the choir and whoever would listen last week that, that Will Levis isn't Bryce Young, isn't Matt Corral, but he can run. He, he was a running quarterback at Penn State. And at Kentucky, he's been focused on being more of a passing quarterback. And, and I think people have seen that from him this season and have written off his ability to run around. And I was trying to preach last week that, hey, he, he will hurt Tennessee with his legs if, if Tennessee allows him to. And, and he certainly did. Didn't have any of the, the big rushes like a, a Corral or a Bryce Young. But he, he was still able to have success on the ground because he's a physical runner. And and I just, at the end of the day, to, to sum it up uh, nice and short, Kentucky's offensive front is better than Tennessee's defensive front. And because of the play of of Tennessee's defense exceeding expectations this season and, and Tennessee having some success the, the last month or so in some games that maybe we didn't anticipate Tennessee having success in, we, we've forgotten that it's still a Tennessee defense that, that lacks depth and talent, and, mm-hmm. and, that, and that showed up on, on Saturday. Yeah, and the reason why I had my stance last week, and, and as far as me being as confident as I was, even with Tennessee giving up runs from the quarterback position, and we've seen it earlier in the season, and not saying we didn't think Will Levis could run, or I didn't think Will Levis could run. I thought he could. I just didn't think he was as dynamic as – as Corral or Bryce Young. Now, I gave those two quarterbacks more credit as a passer, and Will Levis has not shown all season long that I should be worried about him as a passer and being a true dual threat. Well, Saturday, he had his best game. He had his best game. And that's why they had an opportunity to win and probably should have won because you got 72 yards from him on the ground, and then you got 300 and 72 yards from his arm. Like, he played well enough for his team to win outside the pick six. I didn't think he would play that well, which is why I did not look at the disadvantage for our defensive line against their offensive line. It's something that would get us beat because I felt like he would be inaccurate. I feel like he would turn the football over, which he did once, um, but – I thought we would win more than three points. But, listen, this is why you play the game. Uh, like the great Vince Morrow said, this is why you play the game, right? <laughs> I did. Now, I, did say, I didn't think Tennessee would get completely dominated like, 
like it did. I, I thought yeah. Kentucky would I, I thought Kentucky's offensive front would beat Tennessee's defensive front. I, I didn't think that they would they would be dominated though and, and I, I didn't think Tennessee's secondary really did much to help either. I I, I, I assume that the, the soft coverage is, is by design and I mean I, I can certainly understand it because I, I don't know that Tennessee has a DB that, that you feel comfortable with, with pressing a receiver in man at at this point in time. Um, but that soft zone is, is hurting Tennessee, and it hurt well, Tennessee on, on Saturday. Well, I think it's easy to point the finger at the DB, but you can't play press if you don't get protection up front. Yes, I mean, absolutely. You, you, don't get, you don't get a pass rush. I think, I think the, the, the secondary and the D-line work hand-in-hand. Hand. And so everyone, like I saw one comment, it was like, um, you know, Lante got toasted. Well, <laughs> you have all the time in the world to throw the football because that offensive line was doing a good job. Remember, they're better than Florida. They're right up there with Alabama, and they are probably going to be the second or third best offensive line group that we play this season. That's like that's why. I mean, you got to get credit to the Kentucky offensive line. So that's why we was not getting pressure like we wanted to because they're good. And because we wasn't getting pressure, it put our DBs in a bit of a disadvantage. It's hard to cover for that amount of time. So it wasn't, you know, solely because the DBs were not good. You were trying to play a defense to your personnel, and your personnel was just getting beat by a better offensive line, and we did the best job that we could do. We didn't let anything over our heads, which is what we wanted to do. We wanted to force Will Levis to be great. He was, and we still won. But, like, what you didn't want to do is allow Waddell Robinson to do what he did from a numbers standpoint. He had 13 catches for 166 and one touchdown. Like, you didn't want him to do that, but you didn't give up that – Big 41-yard screen pass touchdown. Like, you didn't give up that big-time play to him, even though he did have a 31-yard game. Um, but you didn't let him have ex- huge explosive plays for touchdowns over and over and over. Well, and it, so, go ahead. Well, I was just going to add, what was frustrating to me about Kentucky's passing game and Tennessee's lack of success against it was was not the Wanda Robinson, like you're pointing out, Swain, but it, it was – the the Josh Ali catches and the Isaiah Cummings catches uh, and these other random receivers who haven't had a ton of success all season, all of a sudden they're 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 running wide open in the secondary and having success against Tennessee. That that's what was frustrating to me. Yeah, yeah. Josh uh, Josh Ali had seven catches for seventy four yards. Uh, Cummings had four catches for seventy five yards. So I mean, this he had is a what happens too, right? Uh, yeah, this is what happens when you don't have a pass rush, man. Yeah, I mean it. it and it, it was all three, all three levels. Um, the the no pass, very little pass rush. Now they did step up in the fourth quarter and, and generate a pass rush. Those two Byron Young sacks on right. on on same on that one possession and, and two within three plays. I mean that was absolutely critical, absolutely critical. And, and I believe that they had a third sack at the fourth quarter uh, as as well. So they, they were able to get pressure on, on Levis when, when it mattered most but you, you just with with this defense you're not going to be able to generate pressure with three or, or a four-man rush you're, you're going to have to bring extra pressure and as you mentioned earlier in the show that's what Tim Banks did and, and Tennessee was was able to get home but ultimately at the end of the day each level of the defense was each level of the defense had a bad game quite frankly and, yeah. and honestly 
the the missed tackles was was the the biggest issue. If you make tackles, Kentucky doesn't score forty two points because I, I Tennessee was in position to make plays so often. Nearly nearly all the time, Tennessee was in position to make a tackle, and Chris Rodriguez is either tackled in the backfield or tackled at the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. or just a yard or two downfield. But instead, he just he just pops off. Tennessee did not make the tackles, and 96, 96, Swain, of Chris Rodriguez's 109 rushing yards came after contact. 96 of 109 after contact. That is according to SEC StatCat. Chris Rodriguez broke nine of Kentucky's 13 broken tackles. Only 25% of Kentucky's runs saw contact behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, so I, I thought Tennessee was in position to make tackles, and they just didn't, and that's really what hurt them all night long. Uh, two quick points, and then we'll get back to the phones. The first first point is the bye week can be a double-edged sword where you got healthy. The most that you you know, were able to do since probably the start of the season, you got healthy on one end, but you didn't tackle for, for a week. You didn't play a game. You didn't tackle. And I think that showed up. I thought we were rusty um, from the bye week, and the bye week showed. Even though we got some healthy guys back, that's the first point. Um, The second point I'll make, there are times when two things can be true at once. And here is a prime example of the defense didn't play well. All levels didn't play well. Can't point the finger at just one level. All levels didn't play well. But – Plays that need to be made at the right time, the defense made them. The pick six, Alante Taylor, and the pressure and sacks from Brian Young, he made them. So that doesn't absolve the bad play for the entirety of the football game. It does point to, all right, we made the play when the play needed to be made. Both things can be true. All right, let's get back to the phones. We've got a turkey man. Turkey man, good morning. Good morning, individuals. Good morning, Turkey Man. Hey, Neil Moffitt brought, brought up uh, a point I was going to bring up there, but first of all, I'd like to, uh, for us to remember, we won, won a SEC championship this weekend, too. And uh, I, I think we're going to be winning a lot more in a lot of different areas. Uh, we keep, keep doing, but uh, the girls' uh, soccer won them a SEC championship. I think it's pretty awesome. Yep, they'll get they'll get an add a girl. Yeah, we get okay. we getting there. We getting there. All right. And the other thing was that uh, we've got to be the worst at third downs on on both offensively and defensively. Because if we could fix third downs on both both offensive and defensively, we'd be pretty bad. And the Kentucky fans, they think they act like uh, we don't have to. They don't understand. That how they feel, we don't understand how they feel. We do. We play Alabama every year, and they don't. And uh, they don't get that opportunity to have that that situation going at them, which would be would even be worse on them if they if they did. And that schedule that they play year in and year out, we we'd be a a lot of six and no starts as bad as we have been. And uh, the other thing I was going to ask ask you guys. And I, I've got to go back and look and, and for myself, but you probably have. I don't like being in shotgun 
and, and at the end of the game in a victory formation. And was there anybody behind Hooker uh, while it was taking shotgun snap in that victory yes. formation? Javante, Javante okay. Payton was behind him. Okay, I, d- I didn't, but that that just kind of one of the things that got under my skin maybe a little bit. Uh, I would like to see us be more under the sna- under center, especially uh, second uh, on goal, goal line stance. Uh, uh, well, I, I I answer that turkey man. As far as you know, being under center, I mean, everybody in the country country does uh, shotgun at the goal line. I mean, I understand the old school view of it. I have that same view when it's fourth down and one, and you're in shotgun. It, it seems like you you're you're lining up further away from the first down line rather than lining up closer. But like that happens all the time. I saw a tweet from Josh Dobbs. <laughs> mentioning the shotgun on uh, victory formation and how weird it was to see that. This is what, what we have to understand. If you have a team that runs shotgun and they're good at running shotgun, why go on the center for victory formation and do something that you don't work on all the time? If you work on shotgun and that's what you do, it's your bread and butter and you're good at it, I wouldn't want to change and go under center for the one play, the one play out of 47, and because we, we don't work on it, we don't do it a lot, there's a fumble exchange. Yeah, it looks weird, but give me the shotgun formation if y'all do that on a regular. And we do. So it looks weird, but hey, man, we that's what we do. It worked out. We didn't have any crazy, crazy snaps or anything like that uh, during the course of the football game. For the most part, all the snaps were on target. All right, we got to move on. We got... Concrete Vault and Big Orange Mac. Concrete Vault, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Good morning, Concrete Vault. I'm just so happy I'm on the way to a job just outside of Lexington this morning. Ah. And it's, it's a nice drive. Pretty nice. Pretty cool. Ah. ah. Convenient. See, I have my keys on my truck and everything. Rub, Love rub her nose in a little bit. Um, and I, I really like your point about the offensive line. I thought the same thing. When I remember watching them against Florida and Kentucky's, that is, and I was like, yeah, those guys, are, that's pretty good. Those, are, those guys are good. And, you know, I think that explained a lot of our difficulties. And that and our, I think our, kind of our linebacker issues, got, that's a big thing that's got to be addressed. I think Banks is playing above his ability, but, and, but the, we got we like some serious size there. It looks like we're lining safeties up at linebacker. Yep. Um, the uh, a couple quick points. One thing I wanted to share with you guys is everybody's kind of hitting a lot of the same things. I think we all saw the same thing in the game. But uh, about uh, my viewing experience, I was up at a uh, play East Coast Wings. Shout out to them in Kingsport and uh, the uh, the. Where I was sitting there watching two TVs on the wall, and the table next to us came over and asked, "Hey, do you care if we turn this one?" We've got a couple of Florida fans here, but they didn't have anything on any <laughs> Florida gear. But they were like, "Do you care if we turn on the Florida game?" And I don't think they knew what was going on. I was, I, I quick checked my phone, and it was halftime. It was thirty to ten, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, turn that crap on." <laughs> so, they, so I got to sit there. <laughs> And watch Florida get beat down while Tennessee wins. That was, that was 
Optimum viewing right there. That was awesome. There may have been a little gator chopping going on. As That's they, hilarious. Uh, Mullen looked like he was a lost little puppy there on the sideline. Yeah, he, he and and we gonna we gonna bring that up here uh, and around the SEC. Uh, but man, it's 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 been it's been a rocky road for Florida since they play Alabama and played us. Uh, they are a front running football team, and they're proving it right now. Everything is falling apart down in Gainesville. So, uh, man, big thanks for the phone call, uh, Concrete Vols. Good to see you a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think that was the Ole Miss game. Yeah, it was Ole Miss game. I uh, saw you before the game. So it's good to see you, Concrete Vol. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Uh, let's go to Big Orange Mac. Mac, good morning. Oh, the sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home. Weep no more, my lady. Good morning, Jay Swizzle. Good morning, Benjamin. Good morning, on this great King. victory Monday morning. Man, you sound you sound like the song director at a church. Oh, I'm, that was good right there. That that was that was amazing. As amazing as the vibes after a, a win this morning, and as amazing as the vibes will be tomorrow when I celebrate another win. Mm, oh we'll man, see. we'll see about that. We'll see. Uh, man, I'm so proud of this football team. I, I just can't, man. What a heck of a job they they've done with uh, just just taking with what we got and, and making it work. And I imagine what we can get, you know, get some recruits in here, get some young men in here. You know, we can sub, you know, we can uh, get, get get them a breather, get them a blow. Uh, man, I, I just, I just, it just, just whatever they doing, keep doing it. And oh, mm-hmm. well, the defense, yeah, I, yeah, I'm frustrated with the defense too. But that coming, the defense has played above the head all year long. I, I think the defense, you know, defensively, yep. you know, they. They they played above. The, it, it it was just one of those games, you know. Uh, it was like a like a uh, one of those old Pac twelve games where it was going to be a hundred and ten to a hundred and nine. I mean, oh well, we got the dub. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm I'm yep. living life, baby, and I ain't have to hear none of my kin folks mouth across the state line this year. So, hey, it is what it is. I'm enjoying. It. Everybody have a great Monday. Let's go get them dogs. Thank you for the phone call, Mac. Good to hear from you. And like, like during the game, if you watch Volcast, you you know you would have been able to see. Like I, I was, like I was not happy at the defense, but Tennessee won. Tennessee's defense made the play when it mattered to seal the deal. So give me the win, and we can make those mistakes and corrections in film. And all season long, the defense has been playing over their head, like Big Orange Mac said, like we have said all show long. There's no reason to be upset about it. Be happy. Be happy that we won the game. Be the top 20 opponent. Signature win. Be 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 happy. I'm not saying be happy during the game, but the game is over. We won. We got the result. We're not that good enough to be upset at wins like that. We ain't good enough yet. Hour 3 continues after this. <laughs> 